0: Welcome to the RealmCast.
1: Welcome to the RealmCast, Earthrealm's ultimate Mortal Kombat podcast, and the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online. Prepare yourself as we plunge into the depths of the Mortal Kombat multiverse, bringing you well-known and significant members of the Mortal Kombat community. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom, and with me as always is my co-host, our lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you, Phantom. This
2: is the Realm Cast where every warrior has a story to tell, and today's returning combatant is Jeremy Adams, known in the community for being the MK Legends writer. Welcome back, Jeremy.
1: Hello! Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much. We've discussed your career in previous Legends movies in the past episodes, but today we'd like to focus on, you know, Mortal Kombat 1's recent release and the upcoming Mortal Kombat Legends cage match. So that's kind of the point of today's episode. So first off, let's talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat 1 without going into spoilers. We can get into that later because we want to give everybody a chance to not get spoiled. Actually, listen, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So have you played Mortal Kombat 1 yet or have you seen the story mode at all? No, I mean the funny thing is, prior to
0: Blind, I knew it. It, it was great because it dovetailed into the multiverse aspect mm-hmm. that we had talked to Ed and Dominic, and that was like perfect for what they were planning. So, you mm-hmm. know, I had done Snowblind years ago, so it was like I kind of knew that was happening, and I knew that was going forward. So I was super psyched about that, and then. Dominic had actually just sent me some of the clips of them, you know, like Johnny Cage going like, I've got a perfect name for uh, the movie with you and like Scorpion and Bion. And he's like, you know, Scorpion's Revenge. I was like, oh, cool. You're name checking the movie.
2: (laughs) Super rad. There's so much more like that, too. I think
1: we'll go into that in a
2: bit. So we will be making sure to not have any Mortal Kombat 1 spoilers this time just for you, Jeremy. (laughs)
1: Really. No, no, you, I mean,
0: listen, if you want to spoil it, it's fine. I, I've got kids and a life that I can't, like, I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I, someday I'll pull away. By the time I get to Mortal Kombat 1, they'll be on, like, Mortal Kombat 50, and I'll be like, well,
1: <laughs> So, I guess I'm taking it as you didn't have any actual contributions with what they did with Mortal Kombat 1 at all, or? Oh, no. Okay. Oh no, no, no. Okay. With that
2: in mind, let's get into Cage Match then. How did the previous Legends movies prepare you or change your approach for Cage Match?
0: Well, I think we talked about this last time when we did one and two, it definitely was getting our feet wet for what the obligations were in terms of what Netherrealm wanted, what Warner Brothers Animation wanted, and it shifted. I mean, you there was a... Obviously, from Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, there was a shift. Like originally, I think I pitched it that it was all going to be from the point of view of Scorpion, but we had kind of moved that around according to some of the notes and what they wanted to have happen and kind of the retelling of the first tournament there. And then the second one, I, I mentioned this before, we cut out about 40 minutes of that one. And mm-hmm. that one is just like, it's jam packed full of lore and all this stuff because. I mean, Rick and I were very much like, man, Mortal Kombat is so much more than just one, you know, a tournament. We were yeah. like trying to shove a ton of stuff in there. And I think for what we did, it was, it was great. You know, uh, for me, it was like, ah, you know, there's so much more there that, that we didn't get to explore. So when they came to us about doing more, they said, hey, these are wildly successful. We need some more, but we want them to be radically different. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right awesome here's (laughs) six ideas you know and uh, and snowblind was one of them i had i had a bunch of other ideas and cage match was one of them and i remember the executive i might have told you this the executive was like i don't want to do that one and i was like (laughs) i was like that was the one i wanted to do so i was like let's just keep it on the list i'm sure they won't do anything you know they won't pick it and ed and dominic were like we want to do this one and i could see the executive You know, and I was like, Yeah. (laughs) I was like super (laughs) pumped. So I just wanted to do this kind of like shame black Mortal Kombat movie. And I when I saw it, when I finally saw the completed project, I was like I cannot believe they let us do this.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm still
0: so flabbergasted by it because it's, it's utterly ridiculous and I love it. It's, it's one of those projects that I have done a few of these now where it's like, it doesn't matter if everybody hates it. I adore it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's so many like mortal Kombat Easter eggs in it. It's, it is this weird line between funny and violent and just really peculiar, just really out there, you know? <laughs> but I think with Snowblind and this one, we got to do like two tonal different things. Snowblind, mm-hmm. we did Rick Morales. That was, he He was really like hands-on in that. He directed that one too. And Rick and I have done like, I don't know, 10 or 11 movies at this point together. So we have, we have a really good friendship and a really good collaboration. And so when we started to... <laughs> doing johnny cage it's insane it's insane and it was just like i started seeing designs and they were sending me stuff and and songs and like these 80s vibes and i'm like this is nuts (laughs) and then we got jennifer gray to come into the movie and gilbert godfrey i think it might be gilbert godfrey's last performance and Uh um and then joel McHale back again and joel is such an exacting collaborator that you know i'll have a line and he'll be like no no, that's not good enough, man. Like you can do better. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'll do better. You know, and so that was, that was incredible. It was an incredible thing. I don't know if you saw some of the footage. If anybody filmed the footage from where was it at? It might have been a comic con when they showed the trailer. Yeah, and he had a little uh, segment right before it where he was talking about Johnny Cage, and it was so funny. Where he's just like, uh, yeah, it's the guy. It's it's like, it's Joe McHale, uh, the voice of Johnny Cage. It was just like, the the way he does it is so funny. And it's like, <laughs> I can't get that voice out of my head, you know?
2: I I'm sad wait. I missed that. I, I didn't get a chance to see that, I yeah. don't think. No. I didn't
0: no. think a mistake not casting Joe McHale as Johnny Cage in the movies. He's he's still ripped, oh, yeah. even if he's a little older.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, for, for the you mean the live action ones?
0: Yeah, yeah, I told you.
1: Yeah. After our interview with you, you know, I, I really started reconsidering. And I was like, you know, I could see Joel McHale doing that. Like I love the community you. and everything too. So like, yeah. he knows, he knows how to do, put on a good performance, a good show. Like, well, even and his, he's his...
0: deceptively ripped. That's the thing that you don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, Oh, I don't think funny people are supposed to look like that.
1: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, you, you were mentioning the inclusion of Jennifer Grey and Gilbert Godfrey. Did you actually write the script to have Jennifer Grey in there?
0: We wanted an 80s icon originally, like an 80s icon. And, and we were like, had our feelers out to a couple of people. And when mm-hmm. she jumped at it, we were freaking out. And it was just like, oh my gosh, Ferris Bueller's sister is going to be in this movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like Red Dawn, <laughs> Dirty Dancing. And that was kind of like overwhelming a little bit. I remember Rick and I just like, this is really surreal, you know? That's and then so was Gilbert cool. Godfrey. Uh, what was cool about it is I wrote this character that he's playing based on somebody I've ac- I've actually met like so much of it is like <laughs> of so much of my life and Hollywood and and I was able to just kind of weave it all together into this thing and it's funny I there's a moment where Rick in the behind the scenes is like yeah, I was about halfway through, through through this when I realized this is Jeremy's origin story. I just started laughing <laughs> because the Johnny Cage Jeremy Adams story is very similar. So I was like, "Great, yeah. this is what's together." I mean, even to the fact that like Cage's original name was Carlton, like his last name is mm-hmm. Carlton. I think that's my middle name. So I was like, hey, this all all fits together, you know?
1: (laughs) Jeremy Cage
2: Adams. (laughs) You've even got the first first initial. I know. know. (laughs) So what can you tell us actually regarding the plot for this movie?
0: I'm trying to think what was on the back of the DVD. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, it is this kind of quaint plot of Johnny Cage is you know on the cusp of superstardom and Mm -hmm. in order you know i will tell you that his his co-star his co-star probably his star he's probably the co-star is missing (laughs) and it's like they gotta find her or this movie is not gonna go and that Mm. ends up sending him down this entire rabbit hole of monsters and demons and cults (laughs) and insanity and it's really i mean for the people that are really into mortal Kombat, there's some twists and turns that only they'll get (laughs) which is hilarious all right so so people that are just going to watch it i think are just going to really enjoy i hope they're going to enjoy it and it's just funny and silly and weird and then there are There are things that you're gonna go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like that character, like, you know, and I've and I've done that with the last movies, just really tried to dig into some of the character, you know, it's a Mortal Kombat movie, so you gotta kill people and also like dig into some of the mythology and find corners of the mythology that maybe haven't been looked at as much. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at here.
1: With Cage Matching, you know, what we've seen so far from the trailers and such, it seems like you drew a lot of inspiration, possibly from Mortal Kombat X. Is that the case? Or was this like how much of, of a collaboration effort was it between yourself and the writers from NetherRealm Studios to kind of put this together?
0: Yeah, I mean, I believe it's X. You'll know more more than I, but... Um, mm-hmm.
1: The whole NetherRealm um,
2: story, really.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so... so, so some of the characters, I mean, the fact is that usually everything I do is I'm like, look, I'm looking at threads and things that would like vibe with the, the ideas that I have going through. And sometimes mm. I'll have like this, you know, crazy idea of the story and I will get on the horn with Dominic and we'll talk about like, Hey, you know, like, can I use this character? And he, he might say, no, use this one instead, or this one is mm. more appropriate, which is great because, we've been able to fit in some characters that maybe don't have the light shine, shine on them as much. I mean, that was the same thing in Snowblade. You'll see all the background characters and the the weird little characters that show up in the apocalyptic setting. You're just like, oh, will we... Just the fact uh, that will... No
1: Face
2: was there. I still
0: right. remember having this well, discussion yeah. with you. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just him. It's like other characters that you're just like... I mean, who knows? Shira, Cobra, Cobra, Dairu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who knows if you'll ever get a chance to... I mean, shoot, you may never see Kenshi again. You know what I mean? Like it's it, there's, yeah, there's yeah. this type of things where you're just like, these are really side corners where most people want to just concentrate on the main few. So, like I said, this is this is bananas. And, uh, <laughs> and putting some of those characters in was really fun and trying to make it sync up with some of the the mythology that's already existed is really fun. But we also have a little more leeway just because sort of like Snowblind, we have a little bit of leeway in terms of the multiverse of mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. And I think purposely mm-hmm. when we've had Chronica's Hourglass and stuff, and we we're just thinking like, oh, you know, this entire movie is a cutscene of Kano winning, you know, <laughs> so, oh, <yeah. laughs> so it's like, oh, but when they started telling us their plans about different timelines and stuff, we're like, oh, this is cool. From, a, mm-hmm. from an animation standpoint, this is a, a killer way to build out your animation franchise if you wanted to i mean yeah um, I, I if they have plans for other movies it's not with not with me sadly but i i don't think they do sadly mm-hmm. still you know mm. so this is probably the last one for a while oh Ooh. wow
1: yeah that's, well
0: that's, i mean that's, i think we'll
2: come back to that i
0: mean let's just put it this way. It's the last one for a while, but if it sells a billion copies, they're going to be like, it's the last one until right now because you got to get started.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and that's how the other ones seem to have been too. Like every yeah. time you talk to you, That's what the first two were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the first two, it was like, we thought that was it.
1: Yeah. So the, the
2: characters who might not have seen the, might not have been in the deserved spotlight over the years, the, the casting here in terms of just purely Mortal Kombat characters other than Johnny, we're seeing Kia, Shinnok, Ashra, Jataka, and Raiden, and then even Master Boyd. So (laughs) firstly, I need to address Kia and Jataka, because to me, this is an amazing choice of characters to bring in, because I love the Brotherhood of Shadow storyline and everything. But then at the same time... I feel like I've been slapped in the face by you because you've got Kian Jataka, but no Serena as thus far. So
1: I'm hoping this is another situation where you, you surprise us. <laughs>
2: Nani is such a
1: Serena fan. that like, He started crying when she was included in the new game.
2: I was like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah,
0: you just have to watch the movie, man. It's one of those things when you're promoting a movie, it's like you don't want to tell all everything, right? Of course. Yeah. And whether you're disappointed mm-hmm. or not, <laughs> there are are going to be some twists and turns that I think are going to be really cool. There's one that's just so inside baseball that you only find out at like the credits. (laughs) So, which is kind of silly and fun. Um, Yeah, man, we, we we took some liberties, but we had a, we had a great time doing it. And with the brotherhood of shadows, I just think of, there's a comment that, that Joel McHale makes. It's so funny. Um, But you know, you <laughs> you know go wait for that. I huh? yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Scorpion's Revenge had a Natara cameo. Snowblind yep. featured, as we just mentioned, a few long-time unseen three D era characters. Can we expect further cameos in a similar vein? Not necessarily.
0: I mean, I will tell you, there were, we had to cut a couple things. Again, these are these are movies that are like, you ha- you only have a certain amount of assets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't tell you anymore. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's such a peculiar thing. And what's so, so great about it, I mean, from my point of view too, I'll write all these characters, but then we'll hand it off to the storyboard guys. And whether it's Ethan or, or Rick or the storyboard guys, they'll add characters in the background. And sometimes I'll have mm. no idea. I'll have no idea until I see the finished product. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, look at these characters from other Mortal Comics that don't even have speaking parts, you know? So be on the lookout because you guys will probably have no more than I. Like I, you know, I, I know what I wrote, and outside of that, I'm oblivious to things. So it's okay. <laughs> there's a certain amount of like, um, it'll be interesting to see people parse it afterward.
1: One thing we noticed is that a lot of the voice actors who actually worked on the Mortal Kombat games have been cast for this movie. Was that a conscious decision?
0: Yeah, I believe Rick and Ethan wanted to make that link to the video games, despite like you know, people's apprehension about like Battle of the Realms or whatever, like we've always tried to put our foot forward in terms of like collaborating with NetherRealm in a way that is respectful. And you could kind of see that up front because Ed has been such a huge promoter of the stories and the movies Mm -hmm. for us. Like he's been such a champion for us and so is Dominic. And I think that just comes from the fact that like we're we don't know everything because it's a huge mythology. And it's like we're, Mm -hmm. we're relying on them and we're also like wanting to kind of exploit it in a way that that like they'll be excited about you know in a a way it's like i want to tell a story but i also want ed boone and dominic be like this is awesome and it's like that's that's a huge bar for me you know Mm -hmm. because when you have something that's as big as mortal kombat there's always going to be a percentage that just hates you you know no (laughs) matter what you (laughs) do You know, and I wasn't particularly ready for it because I had gotten some. I get some of that from Scooby Doo, I get some of that from Supernatural, whatever comic books. But uh, but Mortal Kombat is a different breed of people, and uh, Mm. and there are some people are like, oh, I like it, and some people are like, never write again. And that's like I (laughs) can only make the people in my sphere happy, you know, and uh, (laughs) and they seem to be happy. But honestly, we're just trying to do the best we can with the moral combat that we're presented with, you know, and we come up with these crazy storylines and just like hope that they'll gravitate toward it.
1: Even with the battle of the realms. I mean, we t- talked about this on some of our past episodes with you for, for the apprehension that fans have towards, you know, that third act of it. Fans were still super excited to see things like, you know, Shinnok's amulet, the Kami <laughs> well, uh, yeah. the one being like the stuff like that is it's still in there sprinkled about and and, and like, I remember ourselves watching it. We we're like, Oh, how did Jeremy <laughs> know yeah. to put that in there? Like, how did he know about the elements? Like, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you know, that, by the way, that's just like something I love to do. I mean, if you read my comic books that happen in the flash, Green Lantern, like I dig deep mm-hmm. and it is super fun for me to do callbacks that aren't so obtrusive that somebody that's watching it for the first time is like, what the heck is this? You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, that it's interesting for people that that continually read or continually watch things. I think it's a joy, you know?
1: So I'm, I'm not a huge flash fan, but I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. So of course I've been picking up every issue that you've been writing so far. And, you know, with the flash itself, even looking through the stories and stuff you, I could tell that you had done your research and that's yeah. something that we love about some of the writers that we bring on here. The ones who are, are truly dedicated, go back and re read the lore and learn about the history with Green Lantern itself, you know, you're you're doing like a Hal Jordan centric story, but you're still sprinkling in all these old things like having Sinister on the storyline doing right. who knows what still stuff like that. And I'm curious, did your experience in like, you know, since we first talked to you with Scorpion's Revenge, did your experience with working for DC Comics? impact how you've written this story at all has it kind of changed the way that you're looking at it or is it you still feel like you're the same writer back then i'm not
0: the same writer in terms of like just craft i think i'm just getting better i mean i Mm. hope i'm getting better at least i'm enjoying myself at least i can like translate it better from my brain onto the page Mm -hmm. there's still lots to learn and screenwriting and comic book writing are different forms so there's Mm. different format in terms of how you write certain things you have 22 pages or 20 pages to tell a story or, you know, part of a story versus 89, 90, or in the case of Battle the Realms, 120. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you have you there's a certain amount of pacing, I think, that I'm trying to be cognizant of. Um, mm-hmm. Like even with Green Lantern, it's like I'm never going to spend a year like more than a year explaining the story you know they're not gonna i i, I tease mysteries but <clears throat> i want to solve those mysteries because once a month for five dollars somebody's investing in it so i want them to enjoy it with mortal kombat you know it's a little faster pacing i think i write a little faster for screenwriting so things move along really quick i mean mm. like kids match is is it'll blow by in a way that's <laughs> that's pretty funny and it's pretty funny there are things i i mean there are just things you learn over time like in Mortal Kombat or Cage Match, we you know it takes place all over Los Angeles. And I found out you couldn't put things like the Hollywood sign and you couldn't put things oh. like Man's Chinese Theater or yeah. whatever. You had to come up with your own version of that because mm-hmm. otherwise you had to pay for it. So it ended up becoming this really incredibly, wonderfully fun thing to <laughs> do our very, and it pushed us to kind of, play with a little, th- a few things here and there. So it feels like LA, but not exactly. Um, instead
1: of, instead of man's Chinese theater, you put in woman's
0: Japanese theater. I mean, yeah. that is, it's, <laughs> like, it's like that totally. And when you see it, you're going to be like, ah, but we, it becomes <laughs> something that we, we are very like winking at because, and, and you can only do that because it's Johnny Cage, you know, yeah, it, right. it, it's, it, because it's this movie about making movies with the guy that makes movies, you know, it just, it just seemed to fit together. Nicely that we got I mean there was a there was a we had this really happy accident where I said somebody's name and I didn't say the full name but I mentioned like this director named blah 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 and legal was like you can't say that and we're like why like there's many people with that first name and they're like no we'll you know you can't do that so we ended up making this really hilarious moment where I don't want to spoil but Johnny gets uh censored and it's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really funny. I
1: love it. It's almost like <laughs> South Park-style humor. Yeah. Like, you know, how they kind of tongue-in-cheek types things yes. all over the place. I'm yeah, excited yeah, for yeah. that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very over-the-top sort of a feel so far, just based on what we've seen in the trailer. And that really fits with what we would expect of a Johnny Cage-centric movie. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: That's, I mean, it is, it is what you think is over-the-top, and then it's like, it's over the top like it's even further <laughs> yeah. uh and, it, and it's funny because like i wrote something again they always surprised me the, the storyboard guys and rick and ethan and stuff they always surprised me because i had like put something in and i thought it was just like a a regular fight scene but of course they're like no 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 this is a mortal combat thing so it's like you know, whereas mm-hmm. I put like, oh, he does his thing, and next thing I know, this arm is just blown off, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I super appreciate that they can fill in the gaps when I when I <laughs> when mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on.
1: I'm I'm curious, does that inability to use specific people does that play into Johnny's assistant at all? Because a lot of people have been comparing him to Steve Urkel.
0: And yeah, <laughs> was yeah. that
1: intentional or? <laughs>
0: No, uh, I mean, I, I didn't design them. I, I, for a long time, I was an assistant in Hollywood and that was one of my first jobs. And, and it was, it was, it's such a surreal job, at least when I was coming up because the things they ask you to do is so outside the normal, normal humanity. And so to have an assistant (laughs) that is, gets embroiled in this too, but also can help Johnny, you know, give some explanation and there's some fun stuff around the assistant that will come to light that i think people are like what you know so it, <laughs> it'll be interesting
2: how would you describe your take on bringing these specific characters to life i mean johnny he seems similar to the one that we know all know and love already but is there a new sort of feel given to his character for this story specifically
0: uh yes it's Johnny is now at the almost at the height of his powers. So it's not the Johnny that's like a little uh, like you know at the beginning of Mortal Kombat uh, Scorpion's Revenge. He's kind of like, oh, okay, it's going to be this job on an island, I guess, you know, or whatever. Yeah, this is like a Johnny that's like, yeah, I'm all that in a bag, you know, like <laughs> his ego is in full bloom. And I mean, and <laughs> probably more so than it was in in one. Which you think can it be? And I'm like, yes, it can. Like he is, <laughs> he is a level of egotism, and but but it's such a fun character to write, and it's you know I obviously one of my favorite movies of all time is Big Trouble in Little China, and I liken this to mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's Bloodsport meets Big Trouble in Little China, blind blended up together in like a Shane Black you know type uh, uh, thing, because he's so arrogant, and it and it provides. So much comedy, but also just like you love the guy because he's just like, (laughs) like I'm sure I can do this. I'm Johnny Cage, you know. And they're like, "Uh, (laughs) ah, I don't think that's what that's supposed to be, you know. So it's really, like I said, and Joel just plays it to a T. I'm not saying he's, you know, too close to that or anything. No, just kidding. (laughs) Not not, super humble, but boy, he can play an arrogant guy like nobody's business.
2: Well, in terms of the the, the the choices of characters, then obviously Johnny Cage focus story, but then how do you come to deciding upon using Ashra for a Johnny Cage story? How how does that sort of fit together?
0: I think when just like in Snowblind, when we start talking about the Black Dragon and stuff like that, you start to look at their their list of list of people that operate around them. So when it's like mm-hmm. the Brotherhood, it's like oh okay what characters kind of operate within the sphere of this organization. And that can mm-hmm. kind of help inform the story at large. And there are some weird pieces of that mythology that when I was digging into it, I was just like, oh, this is really weird. You know, there are just little <laughs> segments of this mythology that I think, "Huh." Oh, well, I think we can, you know, and you're you're also going like, what did they show in the games and what did they hint at? And what mm-hmm. can I can I kind of bend to my will, you know, or can I use can I say, well, it says this, but it never showed, you know,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the, the way that this new movie looks, it, it has a very similar art style to Patrick Nagel or um, yeah. Beam City. And I, I'm curious, you know, is that something that also kind of reflects through the story, or is it just that the art department heard '80s aesthetic and just kind of threw that that stylized fashion throughout the entire the run of this movie?
0: Uh, no, it is it is very much intentional in terms of like like we knew it was gonna it was going to take place in this kind of time frame, and so mm-hmm. we were super we wanted to reflect that. But I didn't realize they were going to go that far. You know, I, love I mean, it. it's, I, so cool. it's like I write things and 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 Rick and I talked about it extensively in like the vibe. Like we want to make this 80s action, you know, whatever. And then there's this moment where, you know, Ashra takes off her hat and it's like it's absolutely Nagel. And I was like, oh, OK, we just went full on, you know, it was, it was I think is this, this is the first time in my career at Warner Brothers that they let us use like actual (laughs) music from the time. And I remember Rick called me and he's like, holy crap, they just gave me like – access to all these songs that Warner Brothers owns from like the eighties. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. so it was like it's like it is both nothing you've ever heard and sounds exactly like everything you've heard. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's really rad. And and we just were laughing. And I was just howling because he kept sending me clips. He he would torture me with it, honestly. Because you write something, you send it away, these guys start doing their thing and Rick just got really engrossed with it and Ethan and suddenly they would they would send me um they would send me little clips and stuff and I'm just like, Are you kidding me? You've got to let me see the whole thing. And they're like, Not yet, you know. And, <laughs> uh, and then when I finally saw it, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so I was sitting there laughing and my wife kept looking at me and she goes, This is like looking inside your brain. I'm like, I know, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> It was just, it was so, it's such (laughs) a weird blend of Mortal Kombat. And like I said, my origin story, like the fact that Johnny in this, you know, his kind of origin and, you know, it it does blend with mine, like getting very uh, abusively beat up in junior high until I started learning martial arts. And there's a Mm -hmm. very, it's so fun to take things from your own life (laughs) and then infuse it into ultra violence (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, uh, it's, uh, it's really cool that we get to see some of that, you know, and Johnny's journey. It's, it's hilarious.
2: Well, you you, you brought up Kronika's uh, Hourglass earlier, and obviously, you know, this ties into the whole multiverse sort of take on Mortal Kombat now. Will this story be its own isolated story, or will it have any relation or continuation from Snowblind or even previous Legends movies? I will say I don't, it's not a continuation of Snowblind. Um, does it link up with
0: other ones? Maybe. All I could say is that I know that th- it wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't supposed to be, but I know mm-hmm. that Rick in Rick's mind, especially, and he'll tell you this, is that he, he wants us all to be in kind of a continuous universe, mm-hmm. like an animated legends universe to a degree. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's about right. as big as I can get there. <laughs>
1: So you mentioned earlier that as of right now, Cage Match is the the currently the last one, and we could possibly see more if yeah. the sales do really well on this one. So does this have basically its own conclusion? Is it a self-contained story, or is it kind of its own chapter, which kind of opens up to more in the future? Hmm.
0: Yes, it does. It does. End
1: ish. (laughs) So, so
0: the ending of this movie will answer some of your previous questions. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) All right. And it's done in such a cool way that I remember just being like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) Like I was just, like I said, I mean, and also, I notoriously have bad taste. So, maybe that's sadly, you know, maybe like, this was stupid, you know? And I'm like, I I don't know. You know, I did a a Batman movie, Batman, Soul of the Dragon, and it all took place in the 70s. And I remember people being so mad at the ending. And I'm like, but that's how 70s movies ended. (laughs) We we were being true to form, you know, so it was like, "Eh, "Okay, well, I'm sorry you didn't like it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about this one. This one. It's like this, Soul of Dragons, Super Suns. Those are like right up there in my like, oh yeah, at least I got to, I somehow got away with these, you know?
1: So the, this story, it, does it have a similar runtime as previous movies? Yeah. Um, yeah. an hour 20?
0: They pretty much are forced to clock around those, yeah. Do
1: okay. you think we're going to see possibly any extended cuts, like longer versions? Um, no. Or even with Metal of the Realms or anything like that, do you think we'll ever see that deleted footage? No, nope. oh, That's too bad. <laughs> that is such, yeah. and I would like to address that for any any
2: listeners at this point who haven't heard past episodes, which you definitely should check out with Jeremy, but it has been confirmed that there was a lot more to them, which was cut out. And yeah. I know that they, one of the biggest criticisms of Battle of the Realms was that it felt a bit rushed towards the end. And there's a reason for that. Right. So
0: yeah, there was a whole clone subplot in in Battle of the Realms. And, and there were a couple of things we had to cut out of this that maybe someday down the line I'll be able to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I think, I think, no, by the way, we learned our lesson. I think you can drastically yeah. see, I, think, I think from Battle of the Realms of Snow Blind, you can go, oh, okay. You know, we kind of figured out the pacing and, and like, oh, this is what that story is, you know? So yep. we started making them a little more simple or simpler, I should say, in, in terms of like, Let's not have five games mythology crammed into one. Really. <laughs> into
1: one. <laughs> so with Mortal Kombat 1's recent release, I'm not going to go into spoilers because I don't want to spoil it for yourself or anybody who's listening who hasn't got to play through the game completely. But, you know, there's a few references, as you've kind of mentioned, to some of the stuff that you've done, like the Scorpion's Revenge line. Yeah. There's another line too where, you know, there's... Which is the- actually in the story itself, I think, or is it a character yeah. dialogue? Oh, the Scorpion's Revenge one, you mean? The Scorpion's Revenge one was a character dialogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think this one that you're about to mention. Yeah, so this one's in in the story, and there's a brief mention of, you know, a possibility of a universe where Kano takes over and has the hourglass or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, how how does it feel to have impacted Mortal Kombat to the point where you have fans out there petitioning for King Kano to make it into the new game? (laughs) can Can
0: I tell you that Rick... In, more, in Scorpion's Revenge, Rick, like, tried to get them to do a skin. Like, you could pay for it on lock of Scorpion, like an animated, oh. like the animated designs. As we were like, we we're like, man, what if the DVD came with, an, like, a skin that you could scan, you know, that you could... Just-
2: Everybody wants right. Snowblind Scorpion. Was- oh, Everybody. Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. That was so cool. Can I tell you, <laughs> when I originally wrote that, it was so funny. I wrote this scene in Snowblind where he lights his farm on fire. Right? Like he's going to walk away from being a farmer and he's summoning Scorpion because they've kind of made this deal. And originally, I was like, "Yeah, he lights it on fire, and it turns into this like Mortal Kombat symbol." And Rick was like, "No," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, this man, I saw it in The Crow, and then I saw it in like fifty movies afterwards. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the scorpion design was so badass in that, and I would love to see some of these. As far as it, what it feels like is, I did my job in terms of. I'm excited that those contributions live on in some way, but it also just tells me that they that they liked working with me. And I can't tell you mm-hmm. how how important that is. Not just for my career and my job and my lack of self-esteem. Like it's like it's like super, super important to know that we were all collaborating. You know, NetherRealm yeah. and us were collaborating. We were all on the same page, and that's a rare thing. So many times ego gets into these things and yeah. can, can really muck up the works. I mean, the fact that I've been able to do four of these, they could have just got a new person after one. They could have got a new person after two, three, you know what I mean? And I feel like they let me really kind of push cage match because as a kind of a thank you in a weird way, I kind of feel that way. Cause I'm like, this is really just like my soul. Like this is, the, I love this, you know? And it's so yeah.
2: just like, well, oh, this is weird. <laughs> well, with, with all the writing that you've been able to do, uh, as you said, like y- you've been a consistent writer over time, which we're very happy for <laughs> and many, I know many Mortal Kombat fans are happy about, but do you feel like you've made any characters your own now, even just through cage match itself? Uh, you know, I,
0: I don't know if it's my own. I mean, I I always get checked a little bit. I definitely have my version of them in my head, and mm-hmm. and then when you give somebody like, if you give Jill McHale the voice, when I now I just hear his voice for Johnny Cage. Like, I think the live action movie is gonna be really hard for me to watch a little bit because I'm gonna just be like, Jill could have done. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's <horrible. laughs> <It would've been. laughs> yeah, and it, and the same thing with like scorpion in a way when i had read about his origin story that's one thing but when i was able to write it out in a way that became dramatic and sad and seeing the kid and seeing the wife dead and 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 the fact that this guy's rage can like propel him out of hell in a way like i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is how i feel like this character is like now i this is what that character is to me um Mm -hmm was interesting. So that's, that's like my take, but, but, you know, I don't own the characters. There are other people's, it's just the same thing that everybody that writes it has a different, a little bit of a different voice. And my job is to, you know, not go too far afield that it doesn't sound like the character that everybody loves. And, um, but that's the same thing in comics too. It's like these characters have been around a lot longer than I have. And I just wanted to, you know, Honor it, but also give it enough of a twist that you're not watching something, you're like, I've seen this, I've seen this. Like that'd be the worst thing if you're bored. Cool. Like I know what this is. It's like you gotta have enough little twists. Like <clears throat> the hard thing with animation, film, and all that stuff too, especially because we're in such a pirating age and people pirate the crud out of these things, sadly, is like in the in the in Snowblind. Like we were like that turn to Chronica's uh hourglass is such a huge turn. And we yeah. reserve it for so long that we're like, man, imagine if you're a fan of this stuff and you're watching this movie. And, you're, and I, I, our hope was we'd be, people would be like, this is stupid. This is not how it's done. <laughs> and then when the chronic is out of there, they go, holy crap. You know, like we yeah. wanted, that, like, <laughs> like, like I, oh, I no, you, got that's that huh? you know, like I wanted that yeah. to, be, to be the thing, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you got us, Jeremy. You got us. Like we were ready to, yeah. <laughs> But then you made it make work within the mythology. It's like yes, that's that's my job. I think
2: we said exactly
1: that to you when we had you on post release. You know, when the, when that trailer came out, there were so many fans who were like, "What is this?" And yeah. then like when 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 you watch the story, they're like, "Oh, all right, yeah, Except, yeah. fair enough." <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
2: you you did mention all this in in relation to, for example, Johnny and Scorpion. But how about in relation to lesser known characters? Because we have not seen up until very, very recently, Ashura Kiyajitaka for like 17 years or something, really. Yeah. So h- how, was it, how did you go about writing those characters? Like, What was the sort of inspiration and where did where did the actual knowledge come from with, re- with regards to those I characters?
0: Mean, all the characters have been written by other Netherrealm writers for a long time. So having that as a basis, Ashura in particular, I think is kind of compelling. You know, mm-hmm. this character that's kind of looking for redemption in a certain way um and then you mix it within the contextually in the plot and see what, what you know it, and it's also this oil and vinegar thing you're like okay I'm going to put her next to Johnny like that's weird and that provides for a lot of just like oh okay that works you know like there's there's a lot of hilarity that comes from that um yeah I, I the lesser known ones is just fleshing out what's already there because a lot of times you don't have you don't have the space to have these – I mean, and nor do you want the space in a video game necessarily unless mm-hmm. you're just like a total cutscene whore that you're like, yeah, more cutscenes. It's like you, you <laughs> want enough to get you to the fight, right, like to be invested in the fight. But but a lot of people are going, hey, hey, like, you know, they're trying to be <laughs> And so you're, you just want enough that people go, oh, this isn't just a cardboard cutout. This is kind of an interesting character with an interesting plot. And, and then yeah. what's great is you get these voice actresses like Kelly Who and all these people that like just imbue them with a lot of character and emotion mm-hmm. that even my words, you know, can't even come up with. And that's the cool thing. It's like I do this even in comic books. It's like the, the artist does such a great job of visually storytelling. And my job at that point is not to be precious with my words and like cut back. You know, mm-hmm. or yep. change to the voice that I'm writing for. And, and I mean, that's definitely with with Joel McHale. Obviously, after the first one, I was like, oh, crud, I know what this is now. I can, I can really beef this up mm. and, and write toward hopefully his strengths. I mean, that's the job. Anyways, I'll, that's what I hope to do.
1: You know, in, in the past, we discussed with you how you kind of started your career with the Mortal Kombat franchise. Basically, people were like, oh, that guy loves, you know, kung fu stuff. That guy loves martial arts, and they kind of just said, "Okay, let him have a try at it." Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how would you say being involved with Mortal Kombat has or is continuing to affect your career at this point now?
0: Um, you know, not so much me. I mean, it's gotten me a little more. It's funny. Everybody knows Mortal Kombat, so it's it's so there's a little bit more of like, oh, you did those, great. You know, they've seen that. It's weird though because my writing for for movies and television is is not really nobody really knows. I mean, they don't really care about writers for those things. It's not really something on the hmm. radar. Comic books, totally different scenario. I start writing comic books, people are pointing me out in the street like, <laughs> "Hey!" and I'm like, "What? What? Well, that's weird." You know, <laughs> um, even though there's 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 millions more people that have seen the animation and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I think the only thing that I can do in terms of writer being a writer is like I'm trying to do a variety of things. I've been blessed to be able to do a variety of things, and really just I can go from a little Lego kids thing to somebody getting his head ripped off. You know, it's like oh, uh, this guy is versatile, and so it does help in that aspect. It also because I've I've touched animation or touched video games in some form. There, I get a lot of like, hey, would you want to? develop this video game thing, or would you want to do this or do that? And I'm like, uh, do people die? Because that would be cool. <laughs> like, is there martial arts in it? Like, I, you know, it's weird. It's like, you do video games. You want to do q It's like, no, it's not the same, you know? Uh, uh, <laughs> so it's like the fact that I love martial arts and stuff too, I think lends itself to the fact that I, I have fun. But I'm the Mikey likes it of every media. I will I will do your project if you pay me. <laughs> it's just very rare to be able to get projects that are something that you can like sink your teeth in and have fun with that you
2: love, you know? And so I've been really fortunate in that regard. We have Cage Match releasing on 17th of October as far right. as I remember. I'm going to be a bit what's the word here? Uh pushy and see if it's possible for you to share any potential moments that you liked from cage match with us that you're able to tease. us with. Uh,
0: there is a star tours bus scene that I think is hilarious. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) the last uh, thing you expect from a Mortal Kombat movie.
0: (laughs) I I know. I know. What can I say, man? Oh man. There's so many just completely crazy moments. Uh, the there is a battle at the end that's really funny too i mean it's really good but it's really funny and it's just trying to weave in a little bit of like johnny's mythology as well and try i was trying to like really pinpoint some of the stuff like the shadow kick and some of the powers and stuff like wait a second this this video game said this about johnny's heritage and blah blah blah, and like trying to figure out what that is and mm-hmm. and implement that but anyways you'll see <laughs> All right, <laughs> cool. It's Thank you for those little teasers. Me, though, it's like so, like, I'm just like, man, I can't believe they let us do it.
1: So, you know, oh. earlier you mentioned that whenever you first kind of came to one of brothers or spoke to one of our brothers about starting up the series, you gave them several different scripts. Have you kind of gone through all those ideas at this point, or do you still oh, have no, a few? No, no, no. More? yeah.
0: I mean, okay. the second, the, the, these things, we had six different ideas, and like. Let's see, the other, the other four, one was, like, really out there. Some of them were very much, like, there was, like, a prequel one, like, a really cool, like, back-in-the-past one I thought was cool, and one in the future. Like, there were some things that just ripping off of some of the storylines that already exist that we thought was I thought was really cool. Some of that also has, comes from the fact that, like, I saw some of the cool art from the video games that would show and cut scenes of things. I'm like, oh, that would, that would totally, like, spur on something because the Kano one like the Kano one that was I mean that thing kind of spurred there was a cut scene with Kano winning and it was like "Ooh, this is kind of cool mm-hmm.
1: you know and yeah. that just kind of launched an entire story you know are you able to tell us any of some of these other ideas or or oh no, baseball? <laughs> no <laughs> that right. I mean maybe years from now when they say we're never ever going to
0: do anymore but I've, right. I, I've been at this long enough to be like, hey, do you have an idea? And I'm like, here's a bunch, you know? And yeah. also, you just have to keep that stuff weirdly uh, close to the chest, not just mm. for yourself so that you can have something ready, but also legally, weirdly, mm. like, you know, people sue people all the time. Like I told them this idea. And it's like, you know, yeah. no, you didn't. or everybody had the idea. I can't tell you how many writers that I know, including me, have gone to a movie theater and the preview screen comes up and then you see a movie for something that you're just like, Oh my gosh, I've written that script. Like that's the same idea, you know. It's just ideas mm. float around in the ether, and and so I don't want to give it any more
2: <laughs> breath. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, how about in terms of? I mean, as, assuming that you know you get to continue making Mortal Kombat Legends projects, which we are very much hoping for. That would be would great. Be able to. No plan. Would we be able to expect any... No plan, yes. But if it does happen, would we be able to expect any focus on various other characters and realms as well, in addition to what we've seen so far? I mean, there's what I want to do
0: and there's what the the higher-ups want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would love to focus on... I think, there, I think there's so many characters that are compelling. I said before, I love the idea of, like, the fall of Edenia, I think is a cool, like... Just in terms of like, oh, that's interesting. There's some you could do a like if I was if I ran it, Max, they call it now, right? HBO Max. I was like, you could yeah. have like just a thousand stories going. You could have your own yeah. Game of Thrones, yeah. Edenia, you know, story happening. You could have you know the first Mortal Kombat fight. You could have the fall of Shang Tsung. Like you could have all these cool things which to me would be rad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but evidently <laughs> they don't like money. So, you know, I don't know.
1: So, you know, ever since we first talked to you, you've been such a proponent of wanting Johnny Cage to kind of have his own story. Like, you know, it's kind of throughout our conversations, you could just tell you wanted Johnny yeah. to do something. Do you have a now that you have Johnny Cage, is there another character that you would love to see be brought to life in the same way?
0: I see how you're trying to backdoor me into talking about exactly <laughs> what I told you. About. <laughs> We warned you. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know there, there are all. There's always a bunch of characters. I said even last time I would love to do something about Sonya Blade because I thought that Mm -hmm. I even thought about that with the first movie. Gosh darn! Like I would have loved to see the the live action movie. I remember thinking like because they didn't. She wasn't part of the people that could fight for Earthrealm in the movie. I think something like that.
1: Oh yeah. And I remember thinking like, gosh that
0: that little tidbit is so interesting to me because here's hmm. this female in the special forces and like has to come up through a lot of adversity and still isn't special enough to do this thing. Like there's a very Rocky element to that, that I was like, Oh, that would be, yeah. neat. that's a neat story. I would love to see told about her. There are some other, like, I mean, I like the great Kung Lao. Like I would, I would love to tell that story. Oh, you know, yeah, that would <laughs> be a cool movie unto itself or story unto itself. So there's some of those characters that I, you know, I, I like and i would love to see more of
2: could we see an animated series in addition to the legends movies at some point ever
0: i mean i'm sure you could i there's absolutely no indication that if if they were doing that which i have no idea i, I know nothing about it you know i'm sure they would could
1: you, would you would like to be
0: involved you. in something like that would uh, you prefer movies yeah, of course of course of course <laughs> i'm like I get, you got the money honey i got the time like, like, on, all day that would be incredible i i just think that moral combat's one of those things that like like i said evidently people don't like money like i, I you know it's just, it's just evergreen right at this point i feel like even the hype around Mortal Kombat one was so massive and i don't yeah. know if you saw that they put that like the trail or like the the teaser for it on that dome thing in las vegas
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yes.
0: That. It's like, that's, dude, you know, and it was everywhere, everywhere. Dave Batista commercials, you know, you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. Van Damme. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? No, i not. <laughs> <really> like, <laughs> Losing my mind. So, all right, I'm gonna Legends. cut you guys off because I know what's gonna happen. You're
2: gonna keep going, especially you, Yanni. I can tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yanni, Yanni's
2: notorious for that. I am restraining myself I'm, so hard. I remember I promise the last you. time I was here. It's like
0: ah uh-uh, uh-uh.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mortal Kombat Legends cage match releases October 17th, 2023. In the meantime, Jeremy, where can people find you?
0: Just go to. You can either go to spacekicker.com, which is my website or and from there you have all my social links
2: nice all right and i guess now is a good time to say thank you very much jeremy yes, i will not be you. following up with any further questions i'm gonna like throw one in here just to completely shock him <laughs> and <laughs> thank you very much to all of our listeners for stopping by the realm cast and again thank you jeremy pleasure <laughs> having you back it's, it's always a lot of fun to have you on the realm cast especially seeing how much i can poke out of you <laughs> and we <laughs> are Extremely excited for Cage matches release.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm excited too, Jeremy. Before we let you go, what was your favorite finisher from Snowblind? Oh my gosh! Or I'm going to add to that
2: question: Have you seen any fatalities from MK1 yet?
0: No, I haven't seen any uh, fatalities from MK1. And the funny thing about the Snowblind one, it feels so long ago, man. But like the the thing that I didn't see that I wish I would have saw, I don't think we saw was. Uh, sento like i i remember a finisher for kenshi that was like spinning the blade like a razor blade and cutting through somebody mm-hmm. and i was i was like man i want to see that <laughs> like, <laughs> you do better than what the video game guys do because it's so gratuitous
1: you should definitely check out more common ones kenshi fatalities and i think you'll be yeah very happy
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> be, so yeah, i'm sure i will you're gonna <laughs>
1: love them <laughs> so, all right so everybody Check out Cage Match, October 17th, 2023. You can find it on basically wherever you purchase movies. It'll be there. Jeremy, thank you again so much for stopping by. And you can find Yanni myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as on our pages at Realmcast on social media.
2: You can also find our official Discord channel on Mortal Kombat Online server through the link in the description where we discuss Mortal Kombat along with our listeners.
1: And special thanks to Uppercut Editions for their continued support. The Realmcast is the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online. And you can catch up on all episodes of The Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes,
2: Spotify, and MortalKombatOnline.com. Thank you. <laughs>
1: This is turning us both on. Can you feel that?